I think they were trying to make out like that, that Luke was Luke. Oh, fucking hell, how this is turned to Star Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey up and welcome to the Temple of Light, episode twenty-seven. Um, and I want to open up by making a severe and continuous. No, oh, no, shit, no. Wait, I'll open up with an apology, which is not pre-scripted in any way. I made a severe and continuous lapse in my judgment, and I don't expect to be forgiven. I'm simply here to apologize. What we came across last week on our talk about guitar YouTubers was obviously unplanned. The reactions you heard were raw; they were unfiltered. None of us knew how to react or how to feel, and we should never have posted the podcast. We should have turned the microphones off and stopped recording what we were going through. There's a lot of things I should have done differently, but I didn't. And for that, from the bottom of my heart, I am sorry. I want to apologize to the internet. I want to apologize to anyone who's heard the podcast. I want to apologize to anyone who has been affected or touched by my But most importantly, I want to apologize to Trogley. You fucking did it. <laughs> that, that was the most robotic delivery I've ever fucking heard anyone. And I've seen a lot of YouTube apology videos. Can you do me a favor on this one? Could you Photoshop my face over Logan Paul's face? Uh, I will do, yeah. No problem. That should be pretty easy. You can't. Similar. I, although you might have to send me a picture. I don't know. I'll keep over oh, to no. use like high school photos of you. I'm running out. <laughs> Um, so that was an illusion. That was me alluding to the fact that <clears throat> we missed out. And as soon as we stopped recording last week, we're like, "Oh yeah, these guitar YouTubers that we watch every fucking day." We completely forgot to yeah, mention. We were just talking about like fucking all sorts of obscure. Just trying to Google stuff quickly, like obscure YouTubers we probably watched one video of between us, and we completely forgot about Trogley's guitar show. And you know. Both of us being self-confessed troglodytes, as uh, as his loyal fan base call themselves, uh, it's quite embarrassing to have forgotten about him because uh, he's like genuinely enjoyable. So, oh, I mean, if you enjoy fucking reviews of very in-depth reviews of, so, so he owns a guitar. Sh- this is the thing, right? So he owns a guitar shop. It seems to be a collector's shop because he owns some quite high-value items in there. But he spends at least twenty minutes a day, at least filming a video. How the fuck does he come with the time? I mean, he does it full time now, I think. Um, so that's, I mean, he's got he's got a pretty good setup for himself, and yeah, he got, he's sort of living the dream, just every day unboxing, well, receiving five different fucking top end, high end, expensive Gibson Les Pauls, and then mm. just unboxing them in front of a camera and reviewing them, and then selling them like for a profit. If you're into like. If you collect records, right, and you're sort of into one of the, one of those people that's like, oh fucking hell, the first the first Sergeant Pepper's pressing, they've misspelt peppers or something. Mm-hmm. If you're into that kind of nuance of particular products and, and you're into guitars, that's, he is the kind of guy you want to get into. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're into just Gibsons in general or high end guitars, possibly bar Porridge Smith guitars because he doesn't really focus on Porridge Smith, although he has done um, John Mayer's Silver Sky signature guitar. Uh, he did the I don't know what you call it. The the last color that everyone went crazy about. They did I don't know five hundred copies of it. I think Nebula. I think it was called, and that just shot up like with scalpers, however you would call them. They just uh, mm. pre-ordered them all, and then they released it. They released a, a new color last month, um, 
and he and he managed to get his hands on one of those as well, paid top price for that, uh, and then sold it on. Uh, so he's done PRS as well, but. But he does all these things. He talks about guitars in extreme detail and talks about the deals he makes without sounding like a completely fucking, a complete twat, basically. Which is... Yeah, really, well, really, he's, really pretty, he's pretty, he's quite, hey, he's quite kind of like childish. And I think there's a lot of like memes about that and that he's, he still seems like genuinely very joyful about opening, uh, you know, guitar boxes <laughs> and looking at them. And he's got very like, immature sense of humor but like genuinely mature not like penis jokes like pre that kind of age group like eight-year-olds kind of uh humor <laughs> which just makes him come across as like really naive at times but it's it's very endearing he's just, like childish immature <laughs> use like really sort of like antagonistic language to basically say he's a very endearing very innocent character yeah. well, basically i mean well that's what the memes are i'm just summarizing the memes really you know meme culture just takes everything to the extremes doesn't it but i'm not trying to be negative but kind of in a in a I'm good way seeing, really i'm not seeing yeah. any ugly memes are there any well that's <laughs> that's all guitar so yeah i mean uh people don't dunk on him so much on guitar circle joke because um because he is like comes across as a genuinely nice guy so it's like not cool man not cool you don't you don't pick you, you pick on fucking music is win and you pick on fucking rick Beato. you don't pick on chocolate's guitar show. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he's, uh, he's, yeah, well, he's like a mutual favorite of ours. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's Gibson, it's a Gibson <clears throat> review channel to simplify it. Just looking at Gibson's throughout the ages. And he's got like an encyclopedic knowledge of Gibson's of any models, especially Les Paul's we're talking like, um, you know, knowing exactly what like wood was being used on mm. fucking on the neck in the 1972 or yet, you know, Post nineteen seventy two, are they weren't using this type of body construction? They're using the pancake construction and stuff like that. Just really encyclopedic knowledge, identifying guitars and identifying their prices. And he does, you know, different uh, types of videos as well, where he's looking at reverb and uh, I guess he's giving advice eBay. to viewers as well. Yeah, you know, whether whether it's worth um, picking up these secondhand deals or not, and just yeah, yeah. It's so great. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And we profusely um, apologise for completely ignoring him. Yeah, there's a there's not a lot of content like that actually. There's a lot of um, I think he stands out in the guitar YouTuber community because um, I mean, so many of these like sort of guitar reviewers. Um, I can't remember the net. There's one he's, he has his own. Um, oh, what's the name? Benton. Is it Benton? You know, um, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I should have prepared for this one. I, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a guitar review basically he got his own signature guitar and all he does is review guitars on YouTube it's quite strange and it, and, the, and they sold out as well Harley Benton that's it he got his own signature Harley right. Benton which is the German Thomas.e or whatever it DE I don't know um, I never ordered from them and then after Brexit basically no one in the UK will order from them because you get all sorts of weird import taxes on stuff now even though they used to be quite cheap yeah, I wonder how uh, that happened. Anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, he got his, a lot of YouTubers like that, and I'm not like trying to diss them, but it is a, like a general trend in that they sort of it's it's just sponsored content, like every video basically, where they're receiving new models, um, and just reviewing these new these new models and be like, oh yeah, so I'm not being biased here. They're not paying me; they just sent me the guitar to review, and, and you know, I don't like the scale length, but it's pretty sick guitar, and, and it's just sort of like. The passion isn't there, and the and the reason for reviewing it, you know. I think kind this of... is the thing. It's like a lot of people like 
have their channels as like a brand, which is why, mm-hmm. you know, it's your boy, fucking this guitar player, mm-hmm. smash like, smash subscribe. And now we're going to talk about this particular thing that I, I spent two weeks scripting or paid someone to script. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trogly is like completely opposite. It's like, this is business as usual. Every well, every little gem is business as fucking usual for him. Well, I talked about the, the John Mayer Silver Sky signature PRS, which he has done. He's done both of these, which is, he is sort of jumping on the hype train there, but you know, it's fair dues because he was like one of the first to actually get one and mm-hmm. to review it. Uh, so it's, it's uh, they, you know, they were genuinely interesting videos to watch, but he's not reviewing any old things. He's just like, he'll review that. And then the next day he'll get a fucking, I don't know, silver burst Gibson Les Paul from the 1979 and review that. And it's like, you know, obviously there's not some big hype train about, a 70s Gibson Les Paul that's suddenly going to attract views, but it's just like what he wants to do. And it's just the content that he's creating and the kind of trends in just secondhand Gibsons that he's following. Uh, and it's just, he's just doing what he wants to do. And it's just quite interesting to watch. It's like, yeah. um, have you seen this um, new Fender Jazzmaster Acousto Electric? Acoustic um, Electric guitar. I know it's making the rounds. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. I mean, for the last week, all my YouTube recommendations have been various like staple you guitar YouTubers reviewing this because Fender's sent one out to every fucking guitar YouTuber with over like 500,000 subscribers. And like, yeah, and he, all he of denied them. it, didn't he? He rejected it because it was like, well, look, everyone else is going to do it. So I'm not really interested in hmm. a lot more. Oh, I think the way you phrased it was there's plenty of reliable people out there who are going to review it. Hmm. There's no point in me wasting my time. It's just, it's just trends like, that just permeate around uh, certain guitar YouTubers that he just doesn't follow. And that's kind of like what I like about him because I mean, personally, I'm not interested in the fucking a different, you know, they've already released a Telecaster and a Stratocaster of this um, electric, hollow electric guitar, essentially that has a sort of acoustic sound to it. This is just the jazz master shape. And now like everyone's, Got a, got a video about it. everyone's been sent one and everyone's making a video about it and it's just like who gives Jesus a fuck that like, this is like clearly marketing like fender marketing team you yeah. know sending it out it's just a little bit uh sterile really yeah i guess this, this is the thing like under no circumstances does truckley ever try and sell you anything mm. but he he'll endorse something by virtue of it being a thing but he won't ever sort of He's not part of any particular press cycle. Yeah, it's just about, I mean, he's he's already looking at these models before anyone else, really. And he's just like, oh, that looks cool. That doesn't look cool. Like, I kind of like that. So I'll probably pick up one of those and have a look at it. But um, it's just the I good mean, thing. It's, it's YouTube and in, in it's at its finest. It's like 2006, 2007, pure wholesome yeah. YouTube, where yeah, there isn't yeah. an algorithmic sort of tactical way that you can get views. Again, it's just fucking business as usual for him. It's just, it yeah. could have been a blog. Yeah, it could it exactly. could have been a million things, but it does it in a video because it's an easy way to convey the message. And the message is simply, "I'm a fucking expert on Gibsons, and I own a shop, and he's this is what if, I've been up to." I suppose if you ask him, he's um, he's just trying to create an archive, like with good, like in depth details and analysis, and and video and good quality like video footage of all these guitars that might just disappear one day. Uh, that sounds familiar, uh, except for the good, good, good video footage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, that is what he, that is kind of his mission. That's what he, um, states it is. Uh, and on the subject of guitar YouTubers who we forgot to mention, 
mm-hmm. um, mostly because neither of us actually subscribe to any, so there aren't many that immediately come to mind. Uh, there's also uh, Dean Lamb, if you know him. Yeah, you've mentioned him. I've got him. I got him subbed. Have you Have you listened to his band Archspire? A bit. The ones that you've shown me, and when they're playing at Nam and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 technical death metal, which is yep. like not not really the genre that I follow, but um, because it's so like out there, and they're also like at the top of the game. It's just really interesting from a technical standpoint. Um, yeah. They're all like totally on it. You know, you can watch videos on YouTube if you, I don't know the name of the drummer, but if you YouTube the drummer, he's basically, you know, created his own technique for being able to just smack the snare drum like as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just thinks about like every facet of drumming, like he sort of moved his um, moved his chair back. So, he, so he's not like tensing his muscles up on his legs, basically. So he can just yeah. keep kicking the, you know, the double bass pedals and um if you just watch his technique on he explains like his technique on hitting he sort of like double hits the um it's it's a weird i mean i can't explain it i'm not a drummer anyway but you need to watch it I mean, it's quite it's pretty interesting right. uh and then the and then the screamer is sort of like um well it's not scream i guess it's like the uh sort of twister of you know twister the rapper no <laughs> no no i guess i should <laughs> well he's he's the twister of fucking death metal basically or metal because uh it's like super fast even even the screaming is like super fast and super mm. well enunciated it, you slow it down like every word is actually being pronounced really well <laughs> it's really strange uh and then the guitarists are also like sort of on another level just absolute maniacs on guitar so yeah uh, so his channel but then again like his i don't actually watch his channel for like necessarily like the technical guitar content like um He's got a series he does with his wife called Four Levels of Death Metal, mm-hmm. where he gets um, guitarists from various death metal groups. Uh, each each episode to send him four different riffs that are sort of get progressively more difficult, and they have to learn each one. Right. And um, he did. Um, Matt, he had Matt Hafey on uh, a few weeks ago. Don't know if you saw right. that one. No, no. I've that saw, might I saw, be ha- I saw half of one. And it was like last week or something. I was tit, fucking titting around in the background. All right. So yeah, actually, the one the one last week I thought was really funny. Like that's kind of like why I watch it actually because it's just the comedic value uh, between the two of them. The, di- mm. the dynamic they've got going on is just really funny. So that's uh, another sort of guitar series. It obviously has technical guitar playing as well. So, uh, but the comedic value is just like something I'd recommend. Definitely made me laugh out loud a few times. Made you lol. Yeah, I see if I've got any others that I haven't mentioned. I mentioned Herman Lee a lot. Probs, Davy Five Hundred Four, just a bit of a laugh in it, really. <laughs> Did you see um, twenty-one guitar YouTubers ask a question each to Paul Reed Smith? No, uh, that just that was on the yeah, Paul Reed Smith official YouTube channel, right? Okay. But Music Is Win organized it. Oh no! Yeah, uh, it was it was kind of interesting. There's a lot of like sort of praising Forrest with as being well, he is kind of a genius, but I mean, it's just a little bit like because he Forrest Smith is kind of uh, he's quite like infamous for being I don't know straight to the point and like flippant about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess like 
people these days sort of walk on eggshells when they're talking about him or talking to him. Um, right. So it's a bit like that. It's a bit like just overly sugar-coated, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, Herman Lee was on that, by the way. All right. I can't remember it'll, what he will be, be his mate. Yeah. No doubt. Well, a, a few of them were had their PS, PRS guitars out, you know, on show while they were asking him questions. Oh God, okay. Um, I, I do remember what Herman Lee's question was, actually. You want to venture a guess? or um, When you're making a Herman Lee signature? Uh, what What do I personally make? No, 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 Smith no, 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 no. Is that Herman Lee's question to Paul Smith is when I when I get in my <laughs> signature? Because uh, he has his own custom guitar and he has his own custom made one. Um, but it's not signature, obviously. His question was like, well, yeah, actually... I don't know if he was like possibly teasing a signature. Isn't he still signed to Ibanez technically? Herman Lee. I don't know if he's signed to anyone. Mm. Are you you, you, tease, are you had to tell me what Herman Lee asked him. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's not that fucking interesting. I've just sort of build up. Did I get it right or not? <laughs> uh, well, he asked him. He asked him basically like, "What do you think of guys who um, ask for a custom guitar and then are a mass?" like are a massive pain in the ass about it and uh, <laughs> start like asking about specific materials and whether this is better and this is better. Something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, I see where you're coming and, from. And then Porismus just replied like, oh, yeah, I don't think you're a pain in the ass, Herman Lee. And that was, that was about the starting end of it. it have you heard of Ola England? I think you might have asked me previously. Oh, okay. he, uh, he owns the solo guitars, doesn't he? That's right, yeah. He played uh, Six Feet Under and a few other bands. Um, mm. No, he's quite good. I quite like him. It's quite. It's another one of those quite varied shows where a lot of it's like gear reviews, stuff that he hasn't been sent. Mm. Um, weekly things like Q&As and riff, riff competitions and stuff like that. Well, on that note, he did review that Jazzmaster. Of course. Uh, uh, and the title was Will It Chug? Yeah, he does like a Will It Chug series, which is like... He takes some things which seemingly shouldn't chug and see if you can make a sound at chugs. Hmm. Like he did one about the um, the the metal zone boss pedal. You know, like every thirteen year old's first pedal. Yeah. Um, it's notoriously shit, but he was using it in a way which I think he used it as a preamp, and it was a bit more effective, more hmm. effective than it had any right to be. Things like that. It's quite good and it's quite varied, and I quite like his format for it. Hmm. My first pedal was actually the boss uh, death metal pedal. Fucking hell, mate. Went hardcore. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, doesn't sound much better. <laughs> so it, it's not a great sounding pedal. Um, actually, and it's not Boss either, actually. It's Digitech. Right. But it does look exactly like the Boss one, so that's why I got it mixed up. I was just thinking about the, you know, it's just a square with a rubber pad. It looks identical to a Boss one, basically. That was the, I think it was a Zoom multi-pedal. We just cycled through different shite. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still have a Boss me- uh, metalcore pedal which is one of the best sounding, like, for metal, basically. I mean, it's, it's very much like cliche, scoop the mids sort of pedal. Um, but I've, I've seen, like, I think I just bought that on a whim, and then I watched a best metal pedals um, on the Anderton. Anderton Guitar Channel is another channel we forgot to mention, actually. <laughs> I watched the like best metal pedals uh, sort of review, which was really in depth, was, like forty minutes long. Back when they were doing those videos, um, and that one was pretty high up on the list, like yeah. first or second, maybe along a Friedman. 
Uh, so it's so it's surprisingly good pedal, uh, pedal actually, despite the fucking memes about other boss pedals. Have you just while we're here? While we say while we're here, while we're near the start, have you got any news? Um, I've got I don't one think bit so. of news, and it's shit. And there's nothing that's happened this week. Ted Nugent says Donald Trump came up with the title of his upcoming studio album. And Great. That's literally it. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I thought you might. I mean, I, I usually have some news in the back of my mind that I haven't actually looked up for this show and then you remind me of it, but that has just drawn a blank with me. Yeah, it's. I'm not even going to mention the name of the album because it's the only... It's the only if, I'll, if I can leave you wanting more, mate, you go look up Ted Nugent if you really want. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favourite old man screaming at the sky. I can't say I've even tried to look for any news recently. Uh, been so dry, yeah, I've, been, I've been flying through and it's a lot of nothing really nothing of substance mm. I'm sure if Dave is there he'd tell us about the new fucking Anthrax watch or something but, but he's not yeah, his book's pretty dry looking at it he's celebrating getting his um, passing his um, theory test his driving theory test <laughs> or something yeah, there's nothing. I'm I'm skirting through blah blah. blah. There's fuck all. There's a lot of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley fucking about. There's a bit of Corey Taylor. Yeah, I'm not interested. Is there yeah, anything else I missed off from last week? Um, what on um, on guitar YouTubers? I think that's it. Uh, any housekeeping? YouTube. I guess because it's been a bit of a light on interviews. For me, it's been a bit of a light week. Normally, I have more out than this, but um. No, I'm I'm currently undergo undergoing some administ- administrative 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 uh, overheads which need managing before I can throw some stuff out, which you're aware mm. of, but no one else is. So, yeah. Well, less said on that, the better for now. I think so. Um, well, we were, I think we were going to move on to. I I, to actually, yeah. I was actually. I, I mean, you might as well call this the sort of revisiting old subjects and clearing up our shit episode because I was going to mention a few on the, (laughs) I mean, I hate to revisit this, uh, on the the whole subject of can you separate the art from the artist? Oh, okay. Um, There were a few, like, artists, I guess, or people associated with music that we uh, forgot to mention, like famous ones. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) There's um, cancelled again, are we? Okay. There's, there's Tim. Well, this one isn't a legend. Oh, yeah. Tim Lambasis. Yeah, However, yeah. the fuck you say his name. Um, Timothy Peter Lambasis of uh, of the band As I Lay Dying. Yeah, kind of a, a big staple in the metalcore scene, I guess, of the in the last decade. Yeah. So, what did he put out a hit on his wife, didn't he, or something like that? Well, yeah. I mean, he started like hitting the gym and taking steroids like no man's business. It's um, worth mentioning we don't need to put allegedly on the front of this because this did no. happen. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be moving on to other things. So just you wait. Just <laughs> keep that, keep it uh, on the, uh, on the paste. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, I mean, if you, it's quite, it's quite funny looking at the before and after pics on Google of him before and after he started taking steroids and becoming like, <laughs> massive, like meathead. Um, All right. Basically, he tried. I don't know. As far as I know from the story, he just went up to someone outside the gym and he was like, uh, "Do you know anyone who can like kill my wife?" Uh, <laughs> and then 
immediately, you know, got in touch with a basically undercover FBI agent who, uh, you know, collected the evidence and uh, it was a sort of open and shut case, basically. He was uh, put in prison for how long? I think it was. I think he was meant to be going for a while, but then he came out after like two or three years. Yeah, released after two years with parole. Um, yeah. Open and shut kind of case, the way just you know, he just tried to uh, hire a hitman to hitman to assassinate his wife. But uh, when he came back to us a dying, what were you like? We were like, well, that's not on. He's going to blow him and his <laughs> wife again. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't listen to them, so that's it's kind of. For you to decide, really, because uh, you know I'm not like a fan of their music. So can you separate him from his music? I don't know because I'm not a fan of the music. <sighs> it's really difficult because I couldn't give a shit. Not because I don't like their music. I quite actually I, do, I quite do like the new, their music, even the, the newer stuff, which kind of blends like it's kind of ro- weird road trip metal these days. Um, mm. well, uh, Asking Alexandria did that for a while. Yeah, really cheesy. Like, <laughs> I'm on the road. Oh my god! And I think they've gone back to like <laughs> metalcore again. I don't know what he, he um that is. What's his name? Danny Warsnop or something? He he did another. He just he made a whole band to do that fucking shit. I don't think he's got out of his system yet. I think there was some some stuff with Danny Warsnop. I don't know that band very well, even though they're local to me. Um, mm. I, they he fucked off for a bit, didn't he? Danny Warsnop, and then came back, and I think that was a big deal <laughs> or something. <laughs> Well, they wanted to fucking become John Bon Jovi or something and then oh. gave up on that dream, I guess. Oh, uh, good well, he, had, he, got, he had like a big fucking throat surgery, didn't he? he basically, I guess that's why he stopped screaming for a while because uh, he seriously like messed up his throat uh, with poor screaming technique, I guess. Um, yeah. Had to have surgery, had to sort of rest it for a long time, couldn't mm-hmm. really. I mean, there was like danger he wouldn't be able to speak or something. It was like yeah. that bad. Um so he sort of turned to this, yeah, weird, I don't know, throwback to almost 80s hair, not <laughs> hair metal. I don't know what the fuck. Well, like I mean, the really like, or something like that. He released some stuff with Asking Alexandria. I just remember that. That was, like, that was my first exposure to Asking Alexandria. Actually. I never really listened to them. They were definitely like too, too deep into fucking teenage girl scene core for me. Like, you know, mm. I wasn't actively seeking those kind of fucking bands. Um, <laughs> so I did ignore them for a while. And then I heard that song on something like Kerrang. What I was doing listening to Kerrang in like 2018, don't ask me. But uh, I was just like, what the fuck is this? It's like super over-sentimental, nostalgic sort of 80s, 80s metal type stuff mm. with, yeah, about being on the road. Uh, you should check that out. It's just funny. I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of good, but it's just weird. It's really surreal. Well, back, back to the actual question in terms of yeah, like, Tim from Azali Dying. I'm kind of, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I think like, no matter what you do, <clears throat> there's always, you have to get given a path to redemption. Redemption is being a big word, hmm. but it's the best word to describe it. Sometimes that path is longer than your lifespan will uh, accommodate. Hmm. But, you need to give them the route back. And I think the route back for that guy was just kick your stupid fucking drug and stop being a fucking numpty. And mm. obviously I, it's easy for me to say that because I just saw them a few times. Whereas the band members are the ones where that, that's where the book kind of stops. And if they're all right with it, then I'm all right with it. 
But it's, I don't know, it's difficult because people, there's been some controversy about certain people, I won't name anyone because it turned out to be a lot of bollocks. Um, certain individuals, and again, in terms of like sexual promiscuity, and it, to me, it was just like, it's difficult for me to, it's difficult for me to give a shit, right? Because I think it's a gut feeling kind of thing. It's always a gut feeling. And I think when people try to over-articulate, well, fucking hell, if this guy, this guy, I saw him, he ate pizza with a knife and fork, and I can't listen to his fucking songs anymore. Mm-hmm. I can, if you over-articulate, it makes it sound pathetic and weak. Whereas if you just stop listening to someone because they've, um, you know, just fucking cutting up pizza with a knife and fork, no one's going to ask any questions. No one's going to make yeah. the link and make you look like an idiot because you tried to over-articulate what is essentially a gut feel. And I kind of like, that's why I'd sort of refer to when it comes to this kind of stuff. Hmm. So instead of someone saying, look, is there a cause and effect, Jim, uh, between you not liking this band and what this guy's done? I, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I like them or I don't like them. Hmm. Well, it's like still, people still fucking watch Roman Polanski films. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. almost like irrelevant who's made it for a lot of people. And I think like, I feel like that's sort of the same with music. It's like if I've been listening to music for a certain band, uh, like especially when the allegations are like sort of few and far between and not, there's no like real substantiation anywhere. And it's like, what, you know, am I, what am I going to do? Like contact the person who's made the allegations and try and decide for myself on a personal level, whether, mm. you know, I agree with listening to this person's music who I've, that I've been listening to for the past decade or not. It's like, you know, I'm just going to continue to listen to the music. That's, that's, yeah. that's it, really. Um, yeah, I'm very detail-oriented, though. So if I find something that's even slightly insubstantiated, it's like, all right, well, it didn't happen then. Hmm. Because most likely it didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but in fact, I say all this here, but I've stopped talking, I've stopped interfacing in any way and absorbing any of the Star Wars people on Twitter. Right. There's a, there's a cause and effect. There is a direct cause and effect here. Right, so I don't watch Star Wars Theory anymore. I own sub from him because he was stirring up fans and he was stirring up people and basically directing them towards people. Um, one of them was he, was he was stirring up people and almost weaponizing them against Eckhard's Ladder, which is another one. And people were going and threatening this guy's kids. I don't watch mm-hmm. Eckhard's Ladder anymore because he went on this like fucking panel show and reverse engine, basically took a load of comments from Jenny Nicholson out of context defending The Last Jedi. And I was like, that's not on. She was basically defending the Last Jedi for like a for like a twenty minute video or something, and it'd stop after every word or every sentence and go, "Ah, oh, oh, you know, that doesn't make any sense." The Last Jedi shit, and I was like, "Well, this is really stupid." So I stopped watching him, and I stopped yeah. watching Jenny Nicholson because she was rude to me on Twitter. Yeah, Dan, I don't really follow these people to be fair, but that's that, I mean that's your own prerogative, isn't it? Well, this is the fair thing enough. though, because I, I I have a I have I have a gut reaction to can you separate the artist from the music. But when mm. it comes to Star Wars, it's a different fucking piece. Well, yeah, it's so well. In in that respect, it's like they're it's not an actual, art, though. Is it? They're, well, they're, yeah. Well, no. Well, I don't know. That's debatable. But their like opinion and their personality has actually been like you know injected into the content. So if you like the Last Jedi and this guy is you know very much like constantly talking shit on it, then um, 
obviously that sort of affects how you perceive the content. And I just, it wasn't that. It was, it was, it was the, the, it was the delivery. Mind, really. It was the delivery of it. Because I don't mind people dumping on Last Jedi. I don't mind it because it's been done, happening for five years. But this particular, it was a particularly insidious delivery vehicle where it was hmm. him. I think, have you heard of uh, this guy called like every, um, oh no, it's like every frame or something. That's what this panel thing was called. And it was Eckhart's Ladder. And there was guy, this unbridled rage guy. Um, this unbridled rage guy. He does like big video essays on why everything's shit. And it's every frame of pause. That's it, every frame of pause. Yeah. So what they do is they literally like, they rever- They basically put this Jenny Nicholson video on. And yeah. she was, I think the video was like 10 reasons your friends don't like The Last Jedi. And it was just the top 10 reasons. She was kind of like trying to debunk them fairly reasonably but every sentence they'd stop and go like there's one where i think they were trying to make out like that, that luke was luke i fucking hell how this attempt to star wars right <laughs> <laughs> um, i didn't do it yeah, go on. Yeah, it's my fault <laughs> they're, they're making, making a point that's sort of like um luke was underpowered in last journey it should have been more heroic and then mm-hmm. jenny makes the point that no no because he went to in empire he went to fight vader and lost that's an entire that's an entire thing and they would like just stopping every they were stopping every sentence and go no he didn't no he didn't he went and, and beat him and they're referring to the return of the jedi and they were just completely tripping over themselves it was really insidious and really impolite and i didn't like it yeah where was well, it going yeah, with this i i um i think i have seen a couple of episodes of that every frame of pause is it um because it's well i i know what i know what that content is really it's um it's very like popularism. It's like jumping on hate bandwagons, basically, like a, a yes. circle jerk of negative sensationalism about certain media uh, that you know can really blow up following the airing or the broadcast, the release of certain films that are like very divisive. And yeah. when you jump on like the negative side of that, the popularity just blows up. And I, you know, I've been guilty myself of like you know consuming that type of media like mm. especially because what i was going to say is i've i think i've seen a few of those episodes because i remember the name mauler who presents yes. that by the looks of it i remember watching a lot of his videos about game of thrones when the last season aired because i was very much like what the fuck is this um and it was very much like you know i need to uh like validate my negative opinions about it by searching for reviews on youtube and mauler was like a massive Maul is the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that's really. He's. You'd think that there's only one way to tell a story, and if you don't tell it that way, then you're going to get an unbridled rage video. Yeah, he's mm. shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was watching. I mean, when you he his content is like brilliant. If you hate everything he hates, and, and you really want your like a negative opinion of something to be validated, yeah, you just search for that, and he just spearheads the whole online community the whole circle jerk of negative opinions about something. The reason this and is just, relevant to this conversation is simply because this is another example of like what Trogly isn't. Hmm. Not Never mind the hate or not hate, but there's an algorithmic sort of wave which he's riding, this hmm. Mauler guy, and, and by extension, Ekhar's ladder in, in that particular instance. Uh, the, you were saying that something's broadcast. There's always some kind of ripple of hate and his brand is to jump on that and try and make try and ride the popularity on, on the near jury reaction of it. Mm. And yeah, I guess like that, that lack of authenticity is kind of what grates me about creators in general. I don't even like yeah, creators. I think it's fucking stupid. On on the flip side, I think you know there are people that jump on the bandwagons of positivity as well, like the, the you know the Fender electro acoustic guitars, where it's like 
oh, there's this, you know, the Fender of marketing team have managed to swing this in a really positive light and everyone's, there's so much buzz around this new release of this fucking guitar they've already released twice before. Mm. Like, so there's certain YouTubers who obviously aren't jumping on negative bandwagons, but they are like jumping on positive bandwagons, essentially whatever's popular at the yeah. time. You know, let's get this guitar, let's review it. It's, it's, it's got a lot of buzz at the moment. This is going to bring in a lot of views and it's the same kind of thing. It's just on the flip side. I mean, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. Or maybe, a this thing is because- the, maybe this is the distinction I'm going to make in relation to your question. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yes, I can. I think I can. And mm. I th- because I think music and what person's like is completely different, right? Um, mm. There's, call it cancel culture and things like that. Call it just social media in general. I tend to stay away from it anyway, just because I can't, I can't keep up with the dialogue. So I'm not interested in it. You know what I mean? I'm just not. However, on the other flip side of that, um, there's these this other sort of brand of of of, of creator, which, as you say, inject, inject their personality into what their output is, and mm. that I can't separate for that reason. Yeah, that's what yeah. it sounded like to me. I think I probably the same the same way. Really, it's more uh, whether if if what they're doing is negatively affecting their output, their artistic output, and then obviously doesn't appeal to me but you know if they're doing dodgy stuff on the side which johnny craig the vocalist is allegedly and constantly allegedly doing basically all the time but his output is still fucking god mode um the singer of uh amorosa okay dance dance gavin dance slaves um Uh, what else? Another super band he did with the guy from Cheer. Those I can't remember the call out. Glacier, Isles and Glaciers. Um, he's been like basically kicked out of all these bands for alleged dodgy behaviour. And I mean, there's all sorts. I don't think you. I, I would have to really use the word alleged before any of this. But at the same time, you know, his output is just like crazy. He's just crazy sort of creative and prolific. And he's just in so many albums with different bands. It's just like insane you can't really deny the artistic talent so i, th- I think like also it's easy to separate the art from the arts these days because the investment's different like if, if this guy is so productive you're not sinking hundreds and hundreds of quid into him it's a different mm. game these days so you can kind of have a low stakes engagement model with these people yeah well it's, it's just really a shame because um uh, basically before his his last album with slaves which i think was 2019 uh, called Beautiful Death. Uh, it, you know, did, did, that's like an album of bangers. Like every song is, I mean, it's not metalcore. It's not metal. It's it's mm. like, it's sort of, I mean, it's like seven string. It's pretty heavy, but with like R&B vocals, basically. Right. Um, but every song is super catchy, like a pop song, but with heavy, you know, back undertones to it. Um, and, he got accused, I think, of, I don't know, sexual assault, things like that. It was just during that wave that a lot of, uh, you know, band members were getting accused at the time. And his um, his Twitter responses were just like straight up like, oh, shut up, expletive, like directly to the person accusing him and stuff like that. You know, it's just like he just didn't care whatsoever. And um, the label dropped them just before the release and then they ended up like, as far as I'm aware, not releasing it physically, uh, which is sort of a shame because it, it just like a downer on this album that like the whole band have obviously worked hard on. And then it ends up being released like 
by a much smaller record label who are willing to release it like digitally, basically. Um, and that was, I don't know what the point was, but that was sort of a shame that, I, yeah, his his actions or his alleged actions like negatively impacted the release of like the creative output of, you know, six people collectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, the, the, well, there was, an, there was another person I was going to mention that I forgot more recently. Uh, do you know the Ghost Inside? Uh, heard of, but don't know. They're a, per, a pretty popular band in sort of metalcore scene. I I have seen them live, but I don't don't really listen to them. Um, the basically the the bus crashed, uh, the coach crashed a few years ago, and a lot of them were injured like pretty badly. Um, mm-hmm. So they were like on hiatus for a long time. Um, I think the drummer lost his leg actually in the wow. crash, like that kind of extent of injuries. Right. Um, but last year, so I think it was June, yeah, summer 2020, basically, when a lot of accusations were being in the height of those accusations, um, the bassist got accused of like, I don't know, some racial slur being used in 2015. So they, right, okay. they fired him and that was sort of a big deal, uh, in the metalcore sort of community. Um, because obviously they were just like, they just sort of announced the comeback as well. Mm. Because none of them were like super. Yeah, one of them. I, th- I think one of the members actually died in the crash as well. So it was pretty Shit. bad. Yeah. So they they were you know unsure whether they wanted to come back or not, and you know it's super sort of emotional, big deal for them to have sort of announced their comeback very slowly, and then this happened, and uh, I just looked up and in the uh, the members have actually said they uh, made the r- wrong call in firing him. The ba- the bassist really. Yeah, which is yeah, it's strange because it's sort of, you know, they, they stated their reasons at the time and it was to do with, you know, with, with trying to promote progressive ideas and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and now they've said it's the wrong call. So it's like, well, they haven't really explained, like, are those, I you know, those ideals that you were standing up for when you fired in, invalid or, or what? Are they still valid, surely? It's I don't really know. Because they haven't really said, they just said, we definitely acted hastily and definitely made the wrong call. That's what they said. They regret firing him. Uh, and it was and it was also against the wishes of our management and label. <laughs> so. Yeah, good for them for um, at least admitting it. Yeah. It's just, it's, just that, it's just that their sort of statement doesn't explain, you know, what they regret specifically, like. You know, well, bands aren't really, despite that, you know, they'll probably they'll come out in a song though, Shab, because they got it. That's how they express themselves. Mm. They can't His articulate was, in a post. The bassist was called Jim, by the way, just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, standard. Bringing us all down. Uh, down. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about some Blaze. Yeah, well, I, I, specifically, I'll, I'll bring this in, like, I'll, how do I describe this? So a, 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 an unnamed associate of mine sent me a pretty disgusting blur. It was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn good. Um, this can be found on Soulfly's debut uh, record, the self-titled one. Whenever he wants to come up on my Spotify, what song was it? Do-ba-do-do-ba-do-do-ba-do-do, bear with me, bear with me. The song remains insane, about 40 seconds in. A pretty disgusting blare. And I sent one back to him. I sent him uh, chemically altered by uh, municipal waste. 
And he quite rightly pointed out that in my example, he doesn't say blah, it's more like a blah, like not more, more like a, not even like a blah, it's more like a mwah or yeah. It's like that. So I was wondering, one of the first exercises me and Dave did all those months ago was trying to figure out, well, what, what are we regarding as a bleh? Hmm. So I was wondering what your take on this was. Because in, in Temple of Bleh terms, what my associate has done there is he's fucked off from the Catholic Church and formed his own Church of England hmm. in Bleh terms. Very strict sort of uh, stipulations about he's a, Bleh. He's a, he's a purist. Yeah. Well, I was asking you, so... I don't know why you're asking me because I don't I just, even know. I, I think I, for me, it's like, it, to me, like it's like it's a percussive, it's when the vocalist is being percussive somewhere in the middle of a song, usually to introduce like a break or like a breakdown or a solo or something. Pretty open season in terms of what a black can be. Is I mm. guess it's got to be like a disgusting noise. And when I say disgusting, I mean like, you know, illustratively like, bleh. if you just sort of go <laughs> solo, a guitar, then that's not a bleh. Well, no, but some weird vocal utterance with vocal fry. There is a lot of like distinctions to be made there. I think, and especially in like metal, uh, I think you 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 can make those distinctions. Uh, We because we uh, obviously exchanged some Spotify playlists today. Oh my god! Came across, um, which may may feature in a later episode. We'll see. Uh, Hopefully. But yeah. I mean, there was there were two I sent you. There was one which was a collection of blares, ergs, and other noises, or something, something like that. The title, yeah, uh, if you recall. And at the time, you said that wasn't specific enough. So you you were sounding like the purist when you said that. To be fair, based when he said because he, he dictated other strange noises, whereas the first one was blare. Mm. Firstly, spelled correctly, spelled in the Temple of Blair sense. And then he, he went through the other spellings of bleh. And he was mm-hmm. like, cool. But then I guess you're right. When he says, well, I think like when, when the other guy described other sort of utterances or utter strange noises, other strange mm-hmm. noises, that was like, all right, well, it's open season. And maybe we can't necessarily, it's not necessarily saying vocal fry and a weird noise. Well, the strange thing about that playlist is what, what there were maybe like 30 tracks whereas the other playlist that was a lot more specific about its stipulation being just purely blair uh there were like 200 plus fucking tracks in that playlist i need to go through uh, it at some point and there are a few missing even that i uh you know that came to mind when i hear the word blair there's a few mm. that come to mind and they weren't on that list so um we are currently in the process of figuring out a way to contact this person Either, yes. simply to, either simply to add a couple of songs, you know, and help out the cause or, uh, you know, for more ambitious purposes. There's definitely an MVP of the year award, Blet award that we could issue at the end of the year. Hmm. I'd say if that was such a category, then he would be in the lead. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's many candidates there. Um, <laughs> on the subject, uh, I, I told you I, th- I thought I'd found our new home today. Our new home, well, it's kind of embarrassing to admit this because, you know, uh, seasoned Reddit, well, I'm not going to call myself a fucking Reddit. I, oh, I, almost, <laughs> I almost cringe then. Yes, you are. Uh, I'm a seasoned person who uses Reddit for like a long time. Uh, and, you know, it's only just occurred to me that you can basically type in 
any hobby or word followed by the word jerk and get some pretty spicy memes on that subject. Uh, so what I discovered today was r slash core jerk. Oh no. Uh, which is what some of the memes I was sending over today were, were from. Right. So, uh, okay. But then I pretty quickly discovered this like self post on the, on the subreddit, um, which I felt personally attacked by because it, it kind of sounded like me. And I was talking about, right, I'll, I'll just read it to you. Go for it. The title was Damn Polaris, uh, the band that I've recommended to you. Yeah. Polaris, the Australian metalcore band who released a, an album last year, which I've sort of like said probably was my album of the year called mm-hmm. um, Death of Me. So this is what it says. Uh, I'm super late to the party, but I just today discovered Polaris and can't contain myself lost a little bit of faith in metalcore the last couple of years and felt most of it really uninspired. Perlist is just like discovering Parkway Drive all over again. That's because they're Australian, not that they're similar in their sound. This band just gets it. They're supremely talented all across the board and the songs make me make so much sense and really revitalize my love for the genre. Strayer. God damn. And it was like like reading into my own mind there but I was being dunked on being heavily memed on that uh, I mean, uh, as, as, as the core jerk had the inverse effect for you then to an extent oh, lush for the memes well there's uh, there's other memes that I like <laughs> oh. <laughs> like a picture of fucking uh, there is a hell believe me I've seen it by bringing their eyes and just a picture of that and saying on this day in 1991 bringing their eyes and invented metalcore <laughs> which is kind of dunking on another thread that I sent to you about best metalcore album of all time. Yeah. Where I was like, you know, number two was Semp Eternal by Bring Their Eyes, which mm-hmm. I don't consider fucking metalcore. And that just <laughs> personally offended me, seeing that as number two. Uh, so it's kind of like dunking on those people who are like crediting Bring Me Their Eyes with, you know, massively changing the metalcore scene. And, you know, there was a comment, there was a comment there, and there were a few, there were a few people, to be fair, underneath the Sempaternal post uh, saying like, oh, you know, this isn't metalcore. And then other people replying like, oh, you are stupid. This band literally defined the genre for the next five years. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> fuck off. Um, I have like, so I guess it's like, it is memeing on those people who just, you know, credit everything bring me their eyes and have done post suicide season as being like genre defining. Yeah. Just because it became super fucking popular. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, really they were just chasing the whole career. They've been chasing popular sounds really. Yeah. yeah start, it started with, you know, death core scene core moved mm-hmm. on to something slightly heavier and then became progressively more pop. Yeah. Pop electronic elements, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's, um, so to claim this sort of like define the genre, it just seems crazy to me, but um, I don't want to get in like a massive tirade about metalcore again. There's got to be a sub for Blair. Someone's uh, got to throw together like a Blair subreddit. Well, the thing is, I discovered the Spotify um, playlist through a lot of threads on uh, metalcore and deathcore because it's okay. definitely a staple of like deathcore. Like, sort of, <laughs> you know where you, you know where you sound like you dry heaving, like yes. <laughs> at that that level of blur, um, which has really made me discover some pretty intense blur 
which might be late. I suppose will be listed on later episodes. Possibly yeah, not for now. I, I still think we should mention that fucking make them suffer. Because I, I hadn't listened to all the make them suffer material. <laughs> the newer make them suffer material is like, because they have a female vocalist who's quite prominent on the song. They're quite light now, but that was like fucking intense death corp, you know, the earliest stuff. Um, the song Weeping Wastelands, about, I don't know, let me see, about three minutes into it, mm. which is like the, some of the greatest fucking playing on people I've ever heard. Just, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the first one you sent me? The what? The first one? Hang on, I'm listening. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, I give you everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was Currents. That's like the first one. That, I mean, I've been listening to them quite a lot recently, so that was the first right. one that com- comes to mind because it's yeah. such a standout. Um, I actually, I listened to Bring the Horizon's first album, Count Your Blessings, tonight, the full thing, thinking this is like, you know, they got hated so much because this is like so fucking every trope of deathcore is in this. Yeah. Like, sort of mid 2000s deathcore. I'm like, this is why they get so much hate or back in the day they did because they were just copying that sort of like deathcore, harmonic minor sound. And I don't think I had a blur in the entire album, mm. which is really strange. It's got like, if you listen to the that's song, why like it. yeah, that's, that's a point. I mean, they've got like other sounds, especially the song Black and Blue. Which has mm-hmm. just about every sound and deathcore sound other than bleh and a pig squeal. It doesn't have pig squeals, um, to be fair. You know, they've never done pig squeals, but it has like, um, has like, oh, you know yeah. that one. Oh, I know that uh, one. It has that one a few times. It has, uh, <laughs> which I might have just clipped the microphone trying to do that. Um, so this is like the menu of blez. These yeah, are, I qualify these as blezzes. Blez largely are contextual. There needs to be, like, as I say, it's percussive vocalizations that usually introduce a new kind of movement and bridge or whatever. Hmm. But, you know, there is room for interpretation within there. I mean, these, these sounds are like the, the antipasta to, to the Blair, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's not quite the full Blair. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't consider them Blairs, though, again, that, like, that, they're, you know, vocalization of a, of a weird sound aggressive sound mm. but i don't think they fall into the blood category um especially when you get into this specific uh, specific and like deathcore has you know these sounds that are so specific like each singer sort of uses some doesn't use some you know they've got these specific sounds in their arsenal of mm. and yeah and you know and all those sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like, I think it's worth making the distinction. I think the other distinction is like a lot of it's flow as well. Hmm. When it's deployed in a, a, a high flow, um, a high flow situation, that's when it works the most, hmm. and it, it almost blends in in that sense. It's just become a, it's just become a cliche and a bit of a, a trope to introduce a break a, a breakdown with because um, it's so like feeding into 
you know, the projected idea of what they're going to do on stage and how they're going to start the pit going. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's generated a lot of like meme culture and, uh, you know, uh, sort of like hatred on deathcore, like a certain trope that, that I've always considered that part of the tropes that like deathcore gets shitted on for, but mm. I don't know. I mean, this podcast is called the temple of Blair and you're not a deathcore guy. So, Oh, really? Yeah. I like a good Blair name. It's all down to... That's, yeah, that's how I got the logo for this um, podcast. I sent... I literally sent an artist on Fiverr, Chemically Altered, and I timestamped the Blair, and I said, this is the vibe I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've got. Oh, that's what they... That's what they're sort of like spit coming out of the mouth. Yeah. 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 I don't think a Blair's a good Blair without the fucking spit. No. A dry blur is not a blur. No, which is why it's you probably blur. have to buy a new a new fucking condenser mic sometime yeah. soon. I've got a pop shield though, so it's all right. Uh, I refresh with new pairs of tights every few weeks. Uh, so now you've got a pop, pop filler. I was, I was listening to one of your older episodes. I think it was the um, Can We Find the Secret Metalhead. Who yeah, that's, yeah there's no pop filler there. No. <laughs> what did you make of that, by the way? I don't think I've it seen was that before. No, uh, it's one of the first videos I think on the on the YouTube channel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think just the I think you know what I think it was that cliched, overly criticised um, like thumbnail um, type template that you used that actually attracted to me. <laughs> you know, with, with a face and an arrow pointing to something. I was like, oh, a colourful arrow pointing to something that I click it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it, yeah so I think I, I I did that because I wanted to take the piss out of everyone that does that and then I realised that as soon as I hit sort of submit that I become what I hated well it works you, you know don't, I don't fucking care if anyone, no one sees it don't fix it if it ain't broken no so uh, it works you should start doing that more just random arrows pointing out the interviewee's head I yeah. interviewed Brian Slagle just an arrow at his head that arrow old. going up his nose arrow going off screen <laughs> Um, one more, okay, yeah. unless you've got something else you want to mention about your, uh, you know, secret Blair friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to move on to the last revisit, which is quite brief. Just, um, when we were talking about music films. Oh, okay. No, I, was, I wasn't going to go on about my, my associate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving him a week off from my emails. So, um, I'll probably introduce him to that playlist once we've dissected a bit more. Yeah. our best um there's just a couple of just a couple of films that i forgot to mention that we should probably mention because like i suppose it was like a dry period between like 2005 to 2015 for mm-hmm. like music related films but there were two like during probably probably both of us enjoyed but as uh, in our during our childhood which is uh or which were tenacious d of oh, destiny yeah. which you completely yeah. forgot about yeah, um, I, I just added. Um, added. Started following Kyle Gas on Instagram, and by sort of coincidence, he was like posting pictures from like when they were filming it and stuff like that. I was like, oh yes, this is fucking great. What's <laughs> nice D signed to, by the way? I don't know. I think they're a major. Um, I think in my head it's Atlantic, but let's find out. Did you hear uh, the new album? Epic Columbia. No, I don't think so. Epic and Columbia, apparently. Yep. So you're right. Uh, the new album kind of sucks it's interesting though because 
that just did it for the sake of they did it all by themselves in terms of like, I don't think there was like an agenda from a label or anything to put it out. And they just went, right. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to release it. Like an episode is going to be a song a week. And they did like a shit at cartoon, but the, the music itself just sounds like someone put a gun to their head. Hmm. It said, write some songs, but there's still like a load of like magical moments in it. Like a load of great tenacious D moments, but the, the, the sum of its parts is just like a really underwhelming, well, you can't you can't take away the the talent, I suppose. But there's only it's still like one note music. Um, so you know how how long can they keep like milking that that cow? I don't um, know. It's it's like this is the thing though because like I think this the songs I've got like a theory about Tenacious D versus Coldplay, right? So I think it's to do with how we perceive music and acts, and I think there's a way that we I think there's like a there's an interplay between spectacle and between substance, yeah. Hmm. So Coldplay's first album is quite, they've got some good, I don't really like it, but they've got some good songs and I see why people like it. Hmm. Lost substance. Everyone gets in. And then as soon as that, as soon as they became popular, it all became about putting flowers on your guitar and a laser show. And they sort of swapped it out with style. Hmm. I'm sorry, um, spectacle, spectacle. So now people, now anyone who, in, in, my, in my perception, anyone who's like, I'm a massive Coldplay fan, Usually there are any, but anyone who's really likes Coldplay, they don't really like Coldplay. They like all the fucking flashing lights and the jumping around. They don't really like the music, right? Mm-hmm. By contrast. I don't think I've ever met a Coldplay fan, so I can't attest to that, but go on. It is, you know, when you say that, I don't think I have either. Mm. <laughs> but you get, you get my drift, don't you? Like, they're nothing, they haven't done anything worthwhile for the past, like, 17 years. It's all been just laser shows and jumping around oh. and drawing on guitars and shit. But they're, by contrast, Tenacious D... Their entire first album is entirely about them being the best band in the world, right? And being really, really well-layered and well-produced records, really good rock sound, really poignant and fertile sound. It makes you feel really, I don't know, it just rocks your fucking socks off. It's it's ace. And then when you go see them live, it's just two middle-aged fat men with acoustics. Hmm. And it's like the, the, the spectacle's all gone and it's just purely the songs that drive it. Like my favorite live album, my favorite bootleg is Tenacious D at something called, I think it's called the AB from 2016. It's just the two acoustics. I think it's one of the best live gigs ever. It's just pure vibe and I fucking, I really dig it. I think that interplay between spectacle and substance is a big part of like how we perceive what's a good and a bad band. That's part of of the comedy element in a way is like not trying to to try hard on, on, on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, it, it, it's like uh, I don't know. It, they're very like come to, come across as purists about rock music. Um, I mean, if you, I was the other film I was going to mention, which we forgot about, which probably both of us watched a few times when we were kids, was uh, School of Rock. Yeah, and I mean that that's basically like an ACDC tribute film, really. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it but like ACDC a uh, sort. Aren't too flashy on stage. I mean, they don't have like massive props. They're not like Pink Floyd, Iron Maiden sort of mm. level. Um, I think it's just like the purest, like you know, hard rock, classic rock um, approach to you know performances, where it's just trying to create an energy just from the guitar and the singer. And yeah, that's yeah. why they approach it like that. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, those, those were the two films. I don't think like. They, they've necessarily aged that well, but they're just really good products of the time, which is kind yeah. of like how I feel about Tenacious D. 
and why maybe their new album hasn't worked. I'm just really glad that what they did was they just went, oh, we want to do an album now. And they just went and did it. It's a shame it's not very good. Hmm. But I'm glad there wasn't a mandate to do it. It was just, I want to do it. I mean, uh, just looking at other films that, any other films that you want to mention? Not really. Um, I started watching Spinal Tap again yesterday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Good times. I watched um, like an hour long fucking video of theirs. It was just various interviews they'd done where they're just, you know, improvising, bouncing off each other. It was like fairly recent on YouTube. Mm. I don't know what the context was, but that was, that was pretty fucking funny. (laughs) They caught with some ridiculous fucking shit. Um, I mean, it's not metal related, but I guess Eight Mile is a pretty good music related. I've never seen that one. I only know the memes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of memes to be fair. Straight Outta Compton. Did you ever see that? No, I want to though. I know that's still on um, Amazon Prime, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and I, I watched I really it when it first came like out as well. So I, I, I really want to see that. Is it more pick than bio, or is it like quite faithful to what happened? Well, I saw it like literally when it came out. It's about six years ago now. Um, yeah, okay. I should probably watch it again. Actually, I mean, it's pretty. There's a few, a few fucking rap film. I mean, they sort of lend themselves to, to pretty decent like storytelling. I guess rap mm-hmm. films for some reason. I guess because there's like more of a one central character to them. Uh, but Straight Outta Compton has obviously got like a lot of plaudits at the time for good reason. Yeah. Um, it's seven point eight on internet movie database, which isn't bad going. Not at all. Not at all. But no, I haven't got any. Um, no, I can't think of any. Uh, there's not as many as you think there are actually. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, on the rap spectrum, there's the one that was done about Tupac. I can't remember what it was called. That was a few years ago, around the same time as Straight Outta Compton, with a guy that looked exactly like Tupac, which is quite strange. Uh, there was a there was a biggie small one as well that came out around the same time, and then there was fucking Fifty Cent Get Rich Style Train, which was also pretty good to be fair. Not the and same which... kind of thing, but did you see Dave Grohl's Sound City? Don't think so. That's quite a good documentary. Uh, did you see uh, who's the singer? Oh, what's he called? Brian fucking the the lead singer from ACDC. Brian Johnson. You know, you know, he's do, he's doing some series where he's out on, in a van. I mean, I guess it's a series. Um, I think I think I saw I think I saw a thumbnail for it with him and Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I got like, the same. I, yeah, I can't, I can't face it. Like, like every, every, I've been going on about this for ages, but every time there's a Foo Fighters album cycle, I just get Dave Grohl fatigue. Hmm. I just can't fucking hack, hack any more of him bringing kids on stage, or Taylor Hawkins doing a fucking live cover of a Queen song. I'm just fucking sick of it. Yeah, he's he's almost like on the uh, jumping on the positive bandwagon ski, uh, scale of things, like the positive YouTubers. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, like, uh, no wrong with him. It's this is the press cycle's fault. Nothing to do with him. Hmm. I don't know. I think. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of uh, fucking Foo Fighters. They're like super middle of the road. They're the Coldplay of like rock music, aren't they? Really? Well, this is the thing, because like. The last good album they did was ten years ago. Everything since then has been like less and less from like they've got a new album out. Hmm. They've got a new album out, but I've not heard a damn thing about it. 
Yeah, it's I'm not interested really. It's yeah. it's middle of the road music. I'm sure there's like catchy things on there. You know, I'm not saying there aren't Foo Fighters songs that I don't like. Obviously, mm. like Everlong and like There Goes My Hero. <laughs> are good songs, yeah, undeniably yeah. good songs. But you know, I don't. Don't wanna be a monkey range. That's exactly how it sings it as well. Well, that's pretty similar. Pretty similar. They call me the Dave Grohl of England. That's it. Uh, there's there's other things to mention, but this has gone on for like two weeks. A long time now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if you've got any, if you've got any other top topics you want to discuss, or you want no, to call it, I'm I'm fairly happy with this dis- disorganized ramble. Um, there's no yeah. news. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, wanted to discuss a few blairs with you and mm. share the uh, the news that we found a playlist of blairs and that's pretty fucking good. Uh, yeah, but more, no, more to come on that, I suppose. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It is what it is. Hopefully, I'll, there'll be another interview up this week. It's awaiting approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say who it is, but I know, I know what you mean. I think. Um, yeah, I won't say. Uh, yeah, I think this has just been the the amendment. And plenty yeah. more to come, actually, probably. The appendix to last week. Yeah. And the yeah. week before. And the week before, and the week before. That's fine. Now let's close it out then. Um, that's good bleffiness. Bye. <laughs>